I will be reading from Romans 1, 15 through 16. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to Gentile. Thank you, Evan. Uh, isn't it wonderful? Our young men are reading scripture up here. I just it, it warms my heart every Sunday when I see them come up and read scripture. I think we have uh, an exciting uh, worship time right now ahead, and, and uh, it's exciting because what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk a little bit about missions. Uh, I will I will give a little summary of uh, the mission trips that. Um, that I participated in uh, beginning in April, and then Ethan Dudley will come up and give a very short, also brief uh, uh, talk about the work that has gone on in Albania and all of the members here who have been involved uh, in not only the Albania work, but missions, missions overall. So, um, and then Travis will come up and, and finish up uh, with a, a report and with a lesson. So uh, I've been looking forward to this for some time. The Maryville Church of Christ, if I, on our bulletins every Sunday, if you've noticed, our mission statement. I, I love our mission statement, and it's in the bulletin every Sunday. The Maryville mission statement to fulfill the Great Commission by teaching the gospel to the lost to encourage a never-ending spiritual growth in God's children, and to hold steadfastly to the Bible, which we affirm is the inerrant and inspired Word of God. Um, that's wonderful. And I don't know that if all of you know this or not, but as I travel around with World English Institute, the Maryville Church of Christ, we are known as a very mission-minded church. People are all the time, when I tell them, they ask me where I'm from, and I say, I'm from the Maryville Church of Christ, and they go, oh, and they will compliment our, the mission ministry and our great commission personality that we have. And I think that is just wonderful. Um, I think it's a great reflection on the commitment that we have to missions. And what we're doing this morning is very biblical. It's very scriptural. Paul and Barnabas, when they returned home from their first missionary journey in Acts chapter 14, we read there, on arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So they came home and they reported to Antioch, the church that sent them out, and they gave a report on the work that they had done. And I love the last sentence, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. It's great to be home after you return from a mission trip. It's wonderful to be with you all uh, in this loving church family. So I wanted to just briefly, and uh, the formatting got a little off there, sorry about that, but I wanted to just briefly share with you the budgeted investments that we, that we make into missions. And this is just the mission, uh, the, the mission budget or the investments that we make. And the thing I wanted to point it out was you see there Albania, if you can read that. Um, Albania, 40, 47% of our, of our spending goes to Albania. Albania is our primary focus, and we do that intentionally. Um, we have sort of a philosophy in missions that we really target one location and pour our resources into there and make a difference in the world in that location instead of spreading it out over 50 different places. And so Albania is our primary focus 
And I know when Ethan gets up, he's going to talk, speak more to, about Albania. World English Institute, 31, 31% of our funds go to World English Institute, which is a go-into-the-whole-world ministry. Um, the Great Commissions uh, says go and teach all nations. Uh, and so all is throughout the Great Commission, and World English Institute does that. Romania, 5%. Maryville uh, members' mission trips, uh, 3% goes to that. Russian indigent care home in a place called Siktivkar, Russia, 2%. A little less than 2%. India, New Zealand, World Christian Broadcasting, WI Internet ads, and then emergency funds and banking fees and all of that that go with it. You can kind of get an idea of that. But I, the main reason I wanted to show you this was to impress upon you our commitment to Albania and the fruit that we have seen there over the last 20 years is just, it's just unbelievable. God has really blessed uh, the work that has gone on there. I want to talk very briefly about a mission trip that we, uh, that WEI sponsored in the country of Mongolia. Uh, this was back in April, so this was uh, several months back, but we had thousands of internet students who were studying the Bible in the country of Mongolia. And so what we did was, this was our, actually our fourth time attempt to do this, but since COVID, we had, had not been able to follow up. So uh, we, we, uh, we invited hundreds of our very best internet Bible students who'd been studying with teachers all over to a reception, and we held a reception, and we had a venue, and we invited these students to come. And about 45 of these students showed up, and we, we had a presentation. We talked about WEI. And if you see the slide on the right, it just happens that Dr. Richard Aidey, our founder, I was talking about the founding of WEI and his picture is up there. Uh, Tina and Robert Hoover, I think, have been, their family has been visiting with us. It's been a a joy to see them here um, just about every Sunday. And Dr. Richard Aidey, who founded WEI, is her great-grandfather. And he's in his 90s and he's still very active. But I I just wanted to point that out. And so after the reception, we invited the students. We had a team of about nine teachers, and we invited the students to come up and sign up for daily classes. And so this is what it looked like, the students signing up for daily Bible classes uh, with the teachers, and their schedules were full. Our schedules were completely full. Um, And the great thing about this is these students had been studying the Bible online for, for quite some time, and they were well into the Bible. So when they showed up, to meet with us daily, they showed up asking questions like, what do I need to do to become a Christian? I love these lessons. I love what I've been reading. It's like picking fruit from, I mean, it's just incredible the harvest that that we can have because the seed was planted, it had been watered, and when we showed up, they were ready to give their life to Christ. Just an amazing effort. In 10 days, we had 12 baptisms, um, and the church in Mongolia, which had started several years earlier, it was down to about 12 members. So in this, with this particular um, event. It doubled the size of the church. Praise God. What a blessing. Uh, and so this is, these are the studies. They came every day with questions. I just want to flip through some baptisms. The first man that was baptized on the first day was a Nigerian who was fleeing Muslim persecution, and he landed in Mongolia, of all places. Nigeria on the, nearly on the equator to Mongolia, you know, nearly in Siberia. 
But he became a student when he was in Mongolia and came, and he was ready to be baptized the, the first after the first lesson. He already knew what he had to do. A young engineer was baptized. Uh, the, the man that you see in the photo uh, without hair, um, he, is, uh, he, was, he had over 2,000 Mongolian students, so he showed up and just reaped a harvest. Our oldest student was baptized, uh, a lady who had a connection with the church, the little church there that was meeting. 18-year-old WI student takes his confession as immersed. We had to baptize in the bathtubs because the hotel did not have a pool. And so, fortunately, my room was the largest room of all of the teachers, and so all the baptisms took place in my room. So I got to witness this wonderful blessing every day uh, when teachers would bring their students to my room to be baptized. This is a a beautiful lady named Annie. She accepted Christ, turned from Buddhism, and uh, became a Christian, and just a joy. And then one of my students, her mother and former Buddhist, also became a Christian and was baptized. Um, Here's a 14-year-old with her mother's approval standing in the background, and she's baptized as well. Um, and another young Mongolian lady puts on Christ in baptism. And I had many, many pictures, didn't have the time to show them all, but it was just wonderful. It was just an incredible uh, two-week trip to Mongolia. Um, This past summer in the cities of Aradia and Arad, Romania, we had our our normal WEI schools where we just invite students to come who uh, are not internet students. They're just students off the street who want to improve their English and study the Bible at the same time. In Aradia, we had eight teachers and conducted about 480 hours of Bible study. In Arad, we had five teachers and we conducted about 200 hours of Bible study there. Um, this was a, 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 an incredible man, young man, who was baptized uh, after he, he was around all day during the WI studies, and then he went to the Christian camp, the adult Christian camp that they have in Romania. His name is Octavian, and he made his confession and was baptized just a few days ago, so that was great news to hear about that. And then the highlight of the summer was a Christian wedding. Um, between uh, these, both of these individuals had become Christians 20 years ago. One went to Israel and the other went to London and they worked for 20 years and they came back to visit family, ran into each other and said, you know what? I love you. Let's get married. And both of them, he was my first Bible student in Romania, and she was also a Bible student. So it, it, just, it was just an incredible joy and blessing to be a part of that. And you'll notice the guy standing there on, I guess, on your right, um, Paul, and got to visit with Paul, and he was at the wedding, stole my jacket for the picture. Um, so Paul is still Paul, those of you who know him. Okay. That's my portion of the presentation, and now I want to ask Ethan Dudley to come up. He's going to talk about Albania, and I want, you, I want you all to know that Ethan and Casey have been a part of our mission committee now for, um, for some time, over a year now, and um, we're just so thrilled to, to, have, to be working with Ethan, and um, Ethan has agreed to take more of a leadership role in the mission committee, so um, we're, just, uh, we're just delighted to have him and, and his, his incredible qualities uh, as a young man and a young leader in God's kingdom. So, Ethan? Sure. 
So I want to start by saying thank you to the congregation for your continued support of missions, both financially and through prayer. Um, it was such a blessing to be able to go to Albania this summer and take part of the summer campaign to teach the Word of God. It's amazing to see God in other cultures in another country. Um, this year was a big year for the mission because this is 25 years that the Maribel Church of Christ has been going to Albania. Um, so I'd like to ask everyone here who's been to Albania at any point in the past 25 years, please stand up so we can recognize how involved our church family has been. Thank you. I'm sure anyone who just stood up would have great stories to share about their time. I'd like to share a little more about our trip this summer. Um, I'll touch on the people who went, the missionaries we support, a typical day, and then um, a couple of personal student examples. So this summer we had two groups from Maryville travel to Toronto, Albania. Um, and the first session was uh, David Dudley, Vicki Dudley, myself, and my wife Casey, um, Artan Jaferi, and Daniel. Um, the second session was Barry Adkins, Gail Maynard, Evelyn Paddock, and Leanne Sparks. And Artan and Daniel stayed for that second session as well. So the summer session is six weeks long. Um, we divide it up into three two-week sections. Um, each session has around 10 to 12 teachers, and we had 66 students in total this year. Um, we had one baptism, and at least five that are interested in further study. Our congregation supports five missionaries in Albania. We Bloody Valtza, Ellen Walker, Albert Chepi, Harila Mandro, and Gazim Berlima. It was wonderful to meet and spend time with Christians that live on the other side of the world. I kept thinking how amazing it was that we got to spend two weeks with these people that we'd have no reason to know about if it wasn't for Jesus. We very quickly recognized these people as our brothers and sisters in Christ as we were welcomed in. We were able to worship one Sunday morning and two Wednesday nights with the Toronto Church of Christ, and Bloody is the primary preaching minister there. And Ellen is also in Tirana, and she is a full-time WEI teacher who's devoted her life to this mission work for the past 20-plus years. Um, and she typically gets her students from the ones who come out of the summer session desiring more study. We also were able to take a trip to the Korcha Church of Christ over the weekend. Um, that church has such a close-knit family atmosphere. Albert Chepi works there, and he does a lot in Korcha. Um, including working closely with the blind community. And just after we left, there were six baptisms from that church, including Albert's oldest daughter, Hosanna, so we rejoiced for that. Unfortunately, we were not able to meet Harila or Gazim this summer, but would love to in the future. All these missionaries are wonderful people, and they love having visitors. I think it really transformed my view of the mission work that we support after I was able to meet them. They aren't just names in the bulletin that we send money to. They're real, loving, hardworking, faithful Christians doing the challenging work of spreading the gospel in their communities. I think everyone would benefit from getting out of our comfortable culture and getting in their environment with those missionaries. So on a typical day of teaching, we would arrive to the church building in the morning and start with a devotional. Um, we would have singing, prayer, and we'd share our personal stories, and then we could discuss questions, challenges, or successes we had with the students. Um, after the devotional, we would have two or three students in the morning, 
and then three students in the afternoon with a four-hour rest break in between. Sometimes the students would invite you out for coffee or dinner or something else during the free time, which is great for relationship building. Each student appointment was an hour long, and that included small talk and relationship building, going over the homework from the previous day, reading through and discussing the day's lesson, and potentially beginning the next lesson. The teaching material takes the student through the story of the fall of humanity away from God and then God's plan of redemption throughout the scriptures. Many of the students come from Muslim, Orthodox, or Catholic backgrounds, but have still never read the Bible or know much about God. It's very easy to have discussions about why the world is the way that it is and how God is the only answer for bringing us back to paradise with him. I'll quickly share a couple of personal stories that really impacted me from our time there. Um, one of my students, Rowan, who's a teenager from a Muslim background, um, who's very shy, but at the end of our sessions when we had extra time left, he always wanted to read more from the Bible. Um, so I always had to come prepared with extra passages from the scriptures to read. But it's really exciting to see his hunger for reading more and learning more. Um, and he got to continue studying with Daniel after I left. Um, the next one was not one of my students, but Casey's. Um, and not only impacted Casey, but myself and everyone that was there. Um, Alba is a teenage girl from a Muslim background. Uh, she held more agnostic or New Age beliefs. Um, she believed in horoscopes and energies. Her biggest obstacle in Christianity was that she didn't believe that there was any evidence for Jesus. Once she started going through historical evidences, though, she became so excited to read the Bible and study more about God. Seeing everything start to click in her mind was such a blessing to witness. She continued studying with Evelyn Paddock after we left. Uh, when we go into the mission field as teachers, we'll not always take non-believers to full belief in the short amount of time that we're there. And that's not necessarily our goal. We just want to get them thinking about God. And um, it was great to see each one of us teachers challenged in some way, whether through a different culture or a skeptical student. And not only did we get to introduce the story of the Bible to people who were unfamiliar with it, but we also got to spend time refining our own understanding of the scriptures and growing our faith. It was such a blessing to encourage the Christians in Albania and to teach the word of God. And sharing the gospel to those who have never heard it is some of the most fulfilling work that you can do. So if anyone has questions or wants more details or personal stories, feel free to ask me or anybody that stood up. Uh, we'd be happy to share. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, I'll, uh, I guess, take my turn now. Um, so my family this summer went to the Albania Youth Camp. Um, and so there is uh, three weeks of camp that they hold in the summer in Albania. Uh, this is their first year to do it since 2019. Uh, because of COVID, it had been shut down for a couple of years. But it was always a really exciting part of the year for the churches in Albania, the churches of Christ throughout. They come together, they work hard, they get everything set up. Uh, and then, like I said, there's three different weeks. The first week is for uh, younger youth, maybe ages 8 to 13, somewhere in that range. The second week is for uh, high school age, 14 through 18 or so. And then the last week is uh, the family camp. And whole families can come, you know, old and young and everyone in between. And, and so uh, it's a week where... 
people learn about the Bible, people grow closer together, and even people who aren't connected to the church are, are uh, sometimes invited and, uh, and come along as well. And there have been baptisms and, and uh, really good experiences. It's always been a big boon for the church there. And so I was really excited to get to be a part of it. And I was super excited to be able to bring uh, my family as well. So I want to talk a little bit about the camp. Um, it's in a beautiful area. Uh, you saw the picture of the ocean just a second ago. This is where the actual camp was. Uh, so you could see the mountains on one side of you. Uh, we slept in tents. It was a pretty rustic setup. Um, you know, you had tents set up. You slept in those. Uh, the bathrooms were tent set up that, uh, that you, you know, you filled up a bucket to, to flush. And you just basically, you're, you're out camping. And, you know, I like camping. So, so it worked out well. But, uh, but uh, it is a pretty rustic setup. But... So much time and effort and energy went into making it a, a genuinely uh, uh, well-run and, and pleasant place to be. There was, prior to the camp, weeks and weeks of people traveling there just to get it set up. Uh, to get the, I mean, it was just grown up. They had to get all the, the weeds and the thorns out of it. They had to get the, uh, they had to make their own stairs so that it would kind of be levels. They had to make their own, uh, you know, set up their own showers, set up their own bathrooms, set up all of the tents, uh, set up the kitchen. Like everything that was there took a tremendous amount of effort to set up. Uh, and that was done in temperature that was over 100 degrees. Uh, and so it was something that was a genuine labor of love. Uh, but that this is what the camp looked like. We were about a five or so minute walk away from the uh, the Ionian Sea. And so they didn't have a pool there at the at the camp, like a lot of church camps do. Uh, they had an ocean or a, or a sea, I guess you could say. Uh, and so uh, we would walk there and we would usually spend the mornings there and then we would go back to the camp. And it was uh, a genuinely uh, beautiful setup. Albania uh, is a beautiful country. I mean, all, all throughout it. There's so much diversity and, and beauty there. Um, I love getting to spend the time with the people while we were there. This is a picture of the camp. There were about, uh, I went to the first week, which was the youngest age group, uh, and there were about 80 people total, including counselors who were there. Um, last time that I was there, I went uh, last year, and uh, I got to, to meet a lot of the missionaries and meet a lot of people, but it was a lot of you know meeting and then going on and, and spending time with someone else. This time it was a week together with one group. Uh, we, you know, we, when you're sleeping in tents, when it's 107 degrees, when you are spending an entire week with people, you end up forming bonds in close relationships, and it was wonderful for that. These are some of the hardest working, most dedicated, sincere, and faithful Christian people I've ever known. Uh, I loved getting to work with these people, and I grew to have uh, a genuine love and respect uh, for each of the other people that were working there. Um, uh, that we, we shared meals together. This uh, man, uh, 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 he is one of the preachers there, and yet he came to the camp uh, and spent like all day every day working on meals to make sure that, uh, uh, that everyone was fed. I really enjoyed getting to spend time with him, a Jaffer, and I uh, really enjoyed getting to, uh, to, you know, some people, a lot of people there knew English pretty well. Uh, he's someone who we didn't... Uh, we couldn't really communicate well, but we shared a lot of smiles and hugs, and so it was a it was good to spend time with him, um, and good to spend time. We would sit there and eat with the camp every day, and you know, even biblically, sharing meals with one another is one of the 
best ways to facilitate fellowship and spiritual growth. And so it was a wonderful opportunity to do that. The day was also filled with Bible classes and with worship. Uh, Chimmy, uh, who was the director of the camp or who, who led this session, uh, he helped uh, lead a lot of the worship services. Um, and Clea uh, 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 helped uh, teach a lot of songs and, and, and leads the kids in the worship as well. And they spent a lot of time working to do that. They were uh, tremendous people and uh, enjoyed getting to be a part of that. There was also always a nighttime worship service. And so we would get together and sing songs and, uh, and, and speak, and the kids all got involved. Uh, you know, a lot of them were kind of like, a, like what we would do with the VBS songs, and the kids all get engaged. And, and one of the things that was beautiful about it is from the Saturday that we got there, and we left the next Saturday, the first night, it seemed like a lot of the kids were kind of reserved uh, with the singing, or they didn't really know a lot of the songs, and it kind of took a little bit of practice and learning. By the end of the week, everyone was engaged, everyone was singing, they grew in their knowledge of the songs and the stories of the Bible, and it was wonderful to see. Uh, The little kids got involved, that's a little guy leading a prayer, um, Lauren, uh, that's my wife's face down at the bottom, uh, she taught uh, classes during the day from the book of Daniel. Uh, the first six chapters, of the theme for the whole camp was to dare for Christ. And so Daniel's a pretty good book at learning to, to dare and to be courageous uh, for Jesus. And she taught classes with uh, Yona. Uh, Albert and Yona are some missionaries that we support, and Yona was uh, the uh, interpreter for her during her classes. And then uh, that's Albert interpreting for me. I preached uh, the, the services at nighttime. And, uh, and so it was, uh, it was wonderful to be able to take part in that. Um, we also had fun and games. There were sports, volleyball. Uh, a lot of the little kids wanted to play uh, American football, uh, or at least uh, you know practice throwing the football around some. Um, there was face painting and hair painting and all of that stuff. Uh, There was uh, movie nights. Uh, Sometimes we'd watch movies at nighttime after the last worship services. People stay up late there. Uh, So, like, after the kids would go to bed, we'd have a staff... staff meeting and that would start at like 11 30 it'd go past midnight we're sitting around the table but usually after that we'd split a watermelon and we'd all stay up late talking to each other and it was it was wonderful um this was the bible bowl that we had and uh, a lot of the kids grew so much in their knowledge of daniel they were going to classes they all read through it on their own they studied uh different questions and these weren't easy questions that they were being asked uh there there were a number of them i was sitting there uh watching the bible bowl and i was thinking Oh, I hope no one asks me. <laughs> like they, uh, the, and, and the kids knew them, and they did really well with them. Um, it was a reminder to me of what important kingdom work is all about. Jesus uh, one time had an experience with kids where they were bringing children to him that he might lay hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked the people. You could imagine uh, the disciples saying something like, you know, we have important kingdom work to do. We don't have time to waste with, with the little kids right now. There's uh, Your parents, you watch after them. We have to go do things. This is life and death. This is kingdom of God. This is changing the world. And Jesus rebuked the disciples for that mindset, saying, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. You know, when I think of a kingdom, I think of it as belonging to a king. The kingdom of heaven belongs to the children. And any time that we can set aside time and effort and energy to encourage and to strengthen and to show the love of God to little children, you're not only doing something good, I think you're doing some of the most valuable kingdom work that there is. And so it was wonderful to be a part of this camp. Some of the results, children 
got to learn more about Jesus, and they committed to live bravely for him uh, this week that we were there, and, and the other weeks as well they, they grew. And that was something, you know, they, these children come from varying backgrounds. Uh, not all of them are, are in church services every week. And so it was a great experience for them to be uh, introduced to some of those key biblical ideas and to Jesus himself. And uh, they committed themselves that they were going to be brave for Jesus, and it was wonderful to see. Uh, all the churches that worked together to serve in the camp grew closer. Uh, they served and labored for the kingdom three people. At the end of the three camps, uh, uh, three people had been baptized. Uh, I was talking to Bledi, the missionary that we uh, support in Tirana, and he was talking about how the camp sessions will help them build a great youth group in Tirana. A lot of the foundation was laid for him to continue working with the youth in Tirana, and uh, so that was exciting to see. Uh, he also said that uh, they're, they're going to be working on a Bible bowl there, and that's something that'll get even more of the kids uh, engaged. And at the end of the week, God was worshipped and glorified, and uh, that is one of the most important things that we can do. So I want to offer a thank you uh, to this church for the opportunity to go, for the opportunity to bring my family, and for all that you do for missions. Uh, The works that you are supporting are changing lives. The kingdom is growing and accomplishing much good, and when you actually get to go there and see it with your own eyes, when you see some of the things that Ethan was talking about and some of the things that Tom is talking about, it makes you realize that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, The service that you're doing it really matters, and the kingdom of God is benefiting from it. Uh, the missionaries we support, I love those people. Uh, they are genuine, hardworking, faithful, sincere laborers for the kingdom. They have good and godly families. They are serving God as, as uh, faithfully as they can, and their, fruit, uh, their labor is producing fruit. Um, and we're partners. Uh, we're partners in the gospel together, and we're demonstrating what the mission of God is all about. Remember that missions, not only does it matter, it is foundational to what Jesus was doing on this earth, and it's foundational to what we are called to be. Uh, The Great Commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew is a reminder that what Jesus is doing is about all of the world, not just each individual Christian or each individual location. It's a worldwide mission. The glorious picture you get in the book of Revelation, I think, is the culmination of what that mission is all about, where John says, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. It's not by accident that John uses each of these descriptions, every nation, tribe, people, and language, multitudes no one could count. That's actually central to the call of the gospel, that people who speak different languages, live in different nations, have different uh, uh, political alliances, have different uh, uh, governmental systems, that they can all with one voice worship the one true king as Lord and God over all. And that's something we are engaged in when we engage in missions, and it's something that uh, is is extremely exciting to be a part of. I think it's one of the most exciting things that we do here uh, uh, with with the Maryville Church of Christ, and you're all uh, an essential part of it. This is a picture of our missions committee. Um, 
or most of our missions committee. Um, it has been growing over the years. It is a good combination of older people who have been engaged for a long time and of younger people who are uh, showing new interest. And uh, we're trying to find more opportunities to help, to get engaged, to get involved, to support uh, the mission works that we're involved in, and to get more people involved in it. So as we bring our lesson to a close, uh, I again want to say thank you so much. Uh, you are doing a lot of good for the kingdom. And it, it is of eternal significance what you're engaged in. And from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of the heart of the, the eldership here and the missions committee and everyone who gets to go on, on one of these trips, thank you for your dedication and for your support. And also I want to lead you with a, leave you with a couple of ways that you can uh, get engaged. One, and this isn't just a, added on there to make sure you said pray. Seriously, pray for the mission work. Make that a regular part of your life. The things that you pray for the most become the things that you care about the most. And God genuinely does hear and answer and listen to prayers. Pray regularly for our mission work and for our mission teams and for our missionaries. Uh, financially, support our mission work. Um, if you are looking for opportunities to be generous, we can provide uh, opportunities for you to be generous. Uh, and so uh, if you're looking for things to support, I think you're going to have a hard time fin finding anything better than the mission work that we're engaged in with this church. Uh, Travel and serve in our mission work. Join in uh, with, uh, with some of the teams and see if you can set time aside, whether from work or, or if, uh, if you have the freedom to do that. Try to prioritize that. It will not only produce good for the kingdom, it will not only help the church in Albania, it will be transformative to you as well. Uh, sign up to teach WEI online. Say you can't travel? Okay. Well, we have ways for you to still help. You can teach people English, which is a blessing to their lives, people who genuinely want to know and will benefit from learning English. But then also you'll have opportunities while doing that to teach people the Word of God. And so make that a, a commitment and a priority. Um, read and stay up to date on the missions reports. Our missionaries contact us, and they let us know about a lot of the work that they're doing. And I think it would mean the world to them if... We took the time to be aware of it, to know what they're doing, to read some of their reports. Uh, and so try to stay up to date on the work that you're engaged in throughout the world. And finally, write encouraging notes uh, to our missionaries, even to the, the mission committee. Let people know that what they're doing matters to you and that uh, you are praying for them and you are uh, wanting to uh, encourage them to continue the work that they have been doing. Um, I love this church. I love so many things about this church family right here, and one of, one of the things that I do appreciate so much is the commitment to the worldwide kingdom of God, a commitment to looking beyond ourselves to how we can help the church grow and to help others and to be fruitful for the kingdom throughout the world. I think it's essential to what the mission of Jesus is all about. It's what the gospel is all about. When you have people of varying backgrounds sharing a meal together, people of varying backgrounds worshiping the one God together— you're getting a picture of what the gospel produces. And that's something that you're committed to if you're a member of the Maryville Church of Christ. And, and so I want to thank you for that. And I also want to extend an invitation. If there's anyone right here right now who would like to commit yourself to God, who would like to become part of this kingdom of heaven, we pray that you would let that be known. Name Jesus as Lord of your life and join in that chorus with those throughout the world who are making that same claim. Wash... Uh, 
change uh, your, uh, your life into conformity with his will and allow him to wash away your sins in baptism. And if we can help you do that, please let it be known while we stand and as we sing.